Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Hansel and today I have oh, just a such a beautiful light. I just, oh, this was such a powerful interview today. Um, she just has so much wisdom and knowledge and you're really going to learn a lot about being an empath and what it's like growing up and thinking that, you know, there's so much wrong with you, but really there's so much right about you. Now, this special woman is just a gift. <laughs> that is the best way of putting it. You're absolutely going to love her. Her name is Ashley DeFrenzy, is a master channel and energy alchemist who's helping people with their authentic self and soul's mission. She's a fellow empath and believes that through confidence, personal power and self-value, we can thrive in the world. Ashley, I'm so grateful to have you in the show and thank you for joining us in this space today. Oh, thank you so much. I am so honored and grateful to be here. Oh, bless you. I'm just so excited to share your story with everyone out there because as a fellow empath, I know what it's like to be on this journey of just like trying to discover who you are and what we're here to do in this world. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a rocky journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's almost like we're on this road of like, it's like a dream. It's almost like the Matrix, right? T- totally. It really feels unreal. <laughs> Um, so Ashley, could you tell the, everyone what your life was like before you became an em- empowered empath? Oh, super disempowered, super disempowered, depressed, and just had no idea what was going on. I um, I came from a Catholic family, and no one in my family was highly sensitive or empathic or, or spiritual by any means. And um, yeah, I definitely felt like an outsider, like very misunderstood and, and felt like I was crazy kind of <laughs> continuously <laughs> in fact I'm pretty sure my family thought I was crazy too <laughs> I relate <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah it, it, it's good so it's, yeah it, and, sorry go for it go ahead um yeah I was just gonna say like it's almost like we feel like there's something wrong with us but actually there's so much so right about us yeah yeah it's the way I see it is being an empath is like experiencing the world without the filter that Mm. everybody else has (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) you get to experience the whole hundred percent you know not this the 40 percent that most people experience and it feels like a lot it's pretty overwhelming and um you know when I was younger it it was quite challenging and um I, 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 you know I didn't really know what to do my family didn't really know what to do with me and you know they turned to um they turned to western medicine so it actually is what got me studying psychology and got me into the field that I'm in is because from a really young age um I just didn't know what was going on with me and um I started studying psychology at at 12 uh studying textbooks and doing I know doing research and trying to figure out what is going on wow and my parents brought me to psychiatrists and therapists and put me on a bunch of drugs and you know said I was all of these things and I know right and you know, I knew that there's something wrong. I was put on these drugs and I just felt numb. And I'm like, mm. I don't, 
I know that I feel a lot of things, but I don't think I'm supposed to be feeling numb because I really feel like I'm nobody when mm-hmm. I'm on the, on this, on these medications. And, um, I felt really resentful and angry being on, like being labeled these things and, um, being so misunderstood because I knew that something was still not right. And, um, you know, I chose to come off my medication, all the medications yeah. when I was in high school and, um, had to do my own therapeutic healing. And, um, yeah, now obviously I'm not on anything. And if you were to diagnose me, you would be like, oh, wow, you were diagnosed with, you know, OCD and depression and, you know, a list of things like it would be shocking to a doctor now. And the reason the reason I bring this up is empaths are so misunderstood and it's not really understood by the, you know, Western medicine of, you know, what energy is. There's no mm. diagnosis for energy and experiencing things. And so at the time, I think maybe things are a little bit better now. I think that doctors and therapists understand highly sensitive people and empaths, and that's so wonderful. But, you know, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and upper, they didn't have that luxury of having yeah. the medical industry understand them. And they got diagnosed with a lot of labels that were just inaccurate and made them feel like they were less than they were, which then perpetuates this, this wound of the empath of feeling not enough and feeling broken or feeling crazy. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people who are on medications right now, who've been called depressed, like who've been told that they're, the, you know, they've got depression or they're ang- they, they've got anxiety actually are empaths, but they've not figured that bit out yet at the moment. You know, I, I believe a lot of I believe a lot of people I believe that to be very true. You know, I was told by several doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists that I had a chemical imbalance and that Ugh. I I couldn't be fixed and that I needed medication <gasps> for real. And I have not had I mean, I was suicidal. You know, I when I was younger, I, I really had a mm-hmm. difficult time. I had attempted suicide several times and yeah. fortunately survived. Um, but I just didn't understand what was going on. And I was this very spiritually gifted empath who communicated with ghosts. I've been a channel my whole life and I just, I felt, I felt crazy, you know, it just felt like too much. And, you know, like when you don't have any support and there's nothing out there to like explain it, you know, I kind of had to self-diagnose. I'm like, all right, am I, am I schizophrenic? Am I, what is happening here? Is this real? Yeah. Yeah, I, I relate like from a young age. Oh, I was the same like I could sense things that didn't make sense to people or I would feel the energy in the room or you know you know as a child you get like kind of told go and hug that auntie or uncle and you're like oh no as a child like bad energy but they would never understand it they think oh you're being silly you're being rude and like I slowly stopped listening to myself and then I started like feeling depressed as well and anxious and picking up everybody else's stuff and yeah I had a car accident when I was 21 and like being me at the time, I used to always be like this tough like character, like I can deal with anything. So I ignored going to the doctors until three months later when I couldn't ha- tell you how many hours of sleep I had, what I had for breakfast. I just, oh. I lost myself and it was, it was a really messy time, but I understand why it happened because it was trying, it was almost like the higher power was trying to bring me back to myself and slow down. Mm-hmm. But um, my mom, bless her, she was like, go to the doctors. And so I went to the doctors and this guy read 10 questions of a computer and said, you're depressed. You can take these tablets or you can go and see, um, I think it was a psychologist at the time. And I walked out and I laughed and I refused and I, I ripped up the prescription. I was like, nope. I know myself too, like more than this. And then the second, yeah, I don't know where this awareness came from. I don't know if it's because I, so when I, when I was about 18, I started working in the pharmacy whilst I was studying. So I think because I'd been around so many people with like health problems or coming in, I think, I guess I started to 
kind of understand myself through them in a way and kind of try to uh, like yourself trying to figure out like what the hell is going on with me um, <laughs> and I was always doing it as a child but I was thinking I used to think like yourself I'm mad there's something wrong with me like I'm not fixable like I'm broken and yeah so then I told my mom what happened and she goes go see another doctor so I made an appointment with another doctor in the same surgery and I told this woman look I've had a car accident this is what's happened. I don't feel right. I don't know what's going on. And I was in my final year at university. And she said, take time off. So she actually gave me like a sick note and, wow. and I took time off. Yeah, that I thank her for doing that because I probably like yourself, I would have been on medication and I would have just believed what they said. And um, yeah, I took time out in nature. I relaxed. I, I took a breath. Like, you know, I did things that I hadn't done. I slept properly. And within like, I think it was about four months after I was absolutely fine. But with me, it took lots and lots of other stages like accidents. Um, my left arm stopped working in Canada, having to regenerate that, a kidney problem. I'll go on about it a bit later. But like wow. it was I kept ignoring the signs to slow down. I kept like thinking, no, this is how society is. I need to toughen up, be an alpha female. <laughs> uh-huh. I have to ignore my emotions because that's weak. Like, you know, ugh. but um, yeah, it's it is really messy, isn't it? As an empath growing up, it's like. We're made to think that there's something wrong with us, but there isn't. It's just nobody's been the guide for us or like understood us. Yeah, you know, I think it, one of the biggest problems that kind of create the disempowered empath is the fact that we were raised and exist in a gaslighting community, mm-hmm. gaslighting society, that it is so normal to disregard or gaslight somebody for something that you don't understand or that you don't experience and for empaths being so sensitive um you know we all get gaslit but empaths I, I believe especially because they do experience things beyond what we feel experience so much more often that 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 hearing that repeatedly especially at really young ages at, at age of you know children when we look up to the people that are gaslighting us for our facts and our truth we begin to believe what we hear of like, oh, well, maybe I am crazy. Oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Maybe my experience isn't real. And we begin to condition ourselves to not believe in our own experience, in our own inner guidance, in our own truth. Mm-hmm. And it disempowers us so much that we don't even know how to listen to ourselves, let alone trust anything that we experience. Oh that we get God. into this perpetual need to seek external validation, seek external, um, you know, support or coaching or um, from anyone, from anything saying, hey, is my experience real? Because I trust your opinion more than I trust my own on something that you aren't experiencing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was literally my life before. Just, oh, what do you think of this? Do you think I'm I'm okay? Yeah. Okay. Well, oh. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> you took me back. It's just like, oh, there was. It's just that nobody understood us. That was what it was. We just, we were asking people who didn't understand us, and yeah. that's why we can always, why we can feel alone in this world. But it's really about having a community who can understand what you've been through and to support and guide you and not make you feel like you're weak or you're vulnerable. Like, not sorry, not vulnerable. Um, like that it's bad to be vulnerable. That you know, it's okay to be yourself, but yeah oh gosh wow you just took yeah. me on a community <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I, I think community yeah it's it's vital and also you know what's imperative is that the journey within to start learning how to witness that voice of 
judgment, that voice of um, neglect that we have in our head of telling us that basically the story or the, or the conversation that we heard as a child and start to confront it and be, hmm, is this true? Is this something that I, I learned from experience? Is this the voice of something outside of me trying to disempower me and keep me from hearing my inner truth? Is this something that's trying to keep me safe from experiencing someone calling me crazy again or feeling misunderstood? You know, I, I it's, it's so interesting. Like I said, I, I dove into my psychology journey really young so a lot of my backing on <laughs> being an empath um, comes from this background of psychology because I just you know and then I got my undergrad in it and continued my education in it. but um, it, I just find that I keep going back to empaths with my with my education it's and it's so interesting to see how our brains are protecting us and actually keeping us disempowered mm. out of safety you know, like we think of it as this really bad thing and our ego is this like this horrible thing that needs to die. And in all actuality, our ego is just a collection of past experiences functioning in a way to keep us safe and alive. Yeah. Now, to have it as the loudest voice in our brain, yeah, that's not going to be a very pleasant life. It's going to be pretty depressing, unfulfilling. It's going to just suck. <laughs> We've all experienced it. But when we start to have that conversation with the ego and start recognizing for what it is and start witnessing it as a you know, reflection of our experience and just something that's trying to keep us safe, we then have the ability to have the narrative to say, thank you, but actually I'm going to go with this truth. I'm going to go with my gut feeling. I'm going to go with what feels right. And when we go into that, we start reconditioning ourselves to be empowered, to start trusting our instincts, start trusting our experience. And it begins to turn up the volume of our soul and turn down the volume of our ego. And I think that is like the key for empaths to really step into their power and start viewing their unique gifts as gifts and not burdens. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for saying that. It's so true. Um, I hear it all the time, even through like my community as well. Like some people say, oh, it's a gift and a curse being an empath. And I'm like, no, it's a gift. Like this is a gift. It's just the curses people have told you it's a curse but it's not a curse it's because you haven't tapped into it to understand it yeah absolutely you know I I mean that brings me into the kind of a taboo topic that is just my own personal studies and theories right now on mental health that all of these diagnoses are actually just the shadow side of a really beautiful gift (laughs) it's the unprocessed avenue of of really potent power that hasn't been cracked open and um Mm you know, fully displayed yet. So you're just seeing the shadow side, the unprocessed side, the like wounded side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I understand what you're saying because I, I always think that like when someone's having a breakdown, it's a breakthrough, not a breakdown. It's for them to come back home to themselves, but we have to have the shadow and the light, but the shadow is to clear the past and the old stuff that's holding us back. But the light is that helps us to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you can go into look at anxiety, you know, anxiety looks like this paralyzing, crippling thing that can feel awful and and, and literally, you know, change up our biology. But if you see what it really is deep down beyond the when you start working with it, you start seeing that somebody that's anxious is hyper vigilant and detail oriented. And they have the need and the inner desire to keep going, you know, Mm -hmm. like that. That's perseverance. That's that's. 
resiliencenes you know what I mean there's there's these there's aspects these characteristics that are embodied with an anxious anxious person that are overlooked because they're hyper focusing on the wound you know what mm-hmm. what hasn't been healed yet or like we look at depression depression is just an indicator that something in your life is not aligned and that mm-hmm. something is not being honored and so when someone you know has major depression it is an opportunity for that person to really sink into the depths of them and because they're kind of like stuck in a box of listening to what everybody else is saying or what their ego is saying. And they have like almost disassociated the aspect of themselves that's telling them what they truly desire. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really this teacher of, okay, I know that there's something more and I just feel it more intensely, not living in my truth, yeah. you know? Yeah. You kind of just reminded me of something actually, you know, when we're younger, like we, because we feel really different and we can hear things or experience things that most people don't feel like who are not empaths we we get told we're like we're weird there's something wrong with us and then that's when we start to people please because we feel like we need to fit in and then that it's like a programming that we have and then it's like as we get older we keep people pleasing but we don't know why it's because we're just trying to fit into a society that we don't really fit into <laughs> yeah oh totally and, and I think that the This especially goes for women empaths because yeah. of the patriarchal system already existing to be highly sensitive and be like kind of put down for your sensitivities because in the, patri- mm. the patriarchy, being sensitive, being vulnerable is a negative thing. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a bad thing for whatever reason, but in all actuality, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's incredible. Oh, my gosh. You know, it would, it would end wars if everyone was empathic. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's so true. It, the people-pleasing is a way of, of finding some sense of security in a world that it feels so insecure and feels really unsafe because it's, it's one of our basic needs to fit in. It is. We need to have a community. We need to have um, a, a, um, a family, some money to understand us and accept us. And when we constantly feel uh, misunderstood, rejected, gaslighted, put down, and just not accepted for who we really are, we try to start changing who we are and, and being of service in a way, instead of just being allowing ourselves to be loved for who we are, you know, it, it becomes this like very conditional thing. love instead of because mm-hmm. there is in our minds it it becomes almost impossible to experience unconditional love yeah. you know does that make sense yeah because yeah I relate because like with me growing up like I grew up in an Indian community so it's all about women people pleasing Ugh. Um, <laughs> you please from a young age and you don't even realize you're doing it it's ridiculous and um yeah oh sorry what were you saying I've got I've just lost the <laughs> oh uh yeah so it's just the um You know, the people pleasing is a product of, of, of that, like the basic needs or a hierarchy of needs, like of that, of community and, and, and trying to fit in because oh, yeah. we, yeah, I mean, we're basically told that we can't be loved unconditionally and that we only are useful and can be loved on conditional terms. And if we are helping others. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, you reminded me now. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So like trying to fit into this community and culture and like be the perfect, like Indian girl, like I'm. I was trying to fit into that community and like feel like as if I belonged in that community when really I didn't I was just here to be myself like my perfect raw like lovable self but because I was pushing myself to be something I wasn't I assumed that I wasn't lovable I felt like there was yeah. something wrong with me like I was broken and I had to keep proving myself to everybody else and I, it just took me I think it was like my mid-20s to realize like I'm not here to 
to prove myself to anybody else. I need to to love myself because I deserve love. I deserve to be treated and respected for the way I am. Uh, Yes. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. It perpetuates this belief, which then is validated repeatedly through the experience of people pleasing, you know, and, and, and creates that condition of like, well, I need to be this way to be accepted, to be loved. And yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it. And, And it's incredible. You know, I'm actually curious. I know that you know, this is, this is like an interview for me, but I'm actually really curious. What what was the thing that, that helped you kind of break out of that people, people pleasing and allowed you to really start owning yourself? So (laughs) it happened in 2012 when I was made redundant and had a cancer scare. And when I, when I, when they told me they misdiagnosed me, I ran out of, well, at that before, just before that, I was sat in the hospital waiting, like anxious, thinking I'm going to die. What's wrong with me? And I heard a voice saying, you need to heal. And I was looking around the room like, what? Who's, who's talking to me? And I freaked out like, oh, maybe it's again, maybe it's me and maybe I'm going crazy. There's something yeah. with me. <laughs> and then when I saw the doctor and they said, we misdiagnosed you, I was, I cried and I ran oh out of the hospital gosh. and I just said, thank you. And I heard the voice again outside saying it's time to heal. And then as I started like unraveling and like, I remember that night, oh my God, I wrote 30 pages of my life in seven hours and like, like the sun had like risen and everything. <laughs> and, um, I saw my patterns of my life and I remember looking in the in the oh, it's crazy you take me back and um, I remember looking in the mirror saying to myself I deserve to be loved and I just started crying it was like balls of like emotions and like then I started to see the patterns of the people pleasing the self-sacrificing the sabotaging pack, uh, patterns like who I had become wasn't aligned with who I really was and it just led me on this great journey of just like healing spiritual healing like everything you can think of and as I kept going on and on like then I started to see more and more patterns and then within my society within my culture and I was like oh my god then ancestral and the feminine side and I was like whoa like this is like yeah it, it, it was unbelievable and like even still to this day I'm like wow like like I, I'm so grateful that I got to where I am right now because there are so many other women out there who who are suffering, who think there's something wrong with them, who think that they need to be this in a particular way to fit in. But really, they're not. You're here to be loved. You know, you're beautiful. Like there's so much light in you. It's just it's about uncovering it and peeling off the layers that you were told to be. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that story just gave me so many goosebumps. Like, <laughs> like card after card, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what an incredible story. Wow, thank you for sharing that with me. Like, that just gave me such a good, like, insight on you. <laughs> um, oh, I have a crazy journey. <laughs> there is so oh, much I more to it. it. But, like, yeah, I was a journalist, my love. And so, like, before, I was trying to prove myself in the journalism world and, like, would work hard, like, stay till, like, 11.30 And then I'd be, like, clapping in the office and like yeah trying to prove myself to something that I didn't even need to prove and it was yeah that turning point was the redundancy that made me so happy because actually I didn't want to do that job I was just doing it for money and then yeah the cancer scare just woke me up and it was before my 25th birthday and I just <laughs> you know it's like it's a it's the time where you're thinking woohoo 25 and I was like ah dying <laughs> everything's collapsing <laughs> yeah and no joke like in that moment I honestly for those weeks that I was waiting for the results I actually thought I had it and like my body began to shut down like I remember feeling like having coughs and colds because people don't realize the power of your mind like if you believe something you become it and like that's why 
like I know we're going off topic right now but like I know like with quarantine right now there's so many people in fear and I'm just like if you keep believing in fear you're going to attract more of it like trust the wisdom that's coming through you right now because there is so much love in this world we've just forgotten where to see where it is it's it's so close to us yeah oh my gosh yeah you know this is such a potent time for empaths to be waking up and so many empaths are you know just going going off what you're saying with the quarantine like I have been receiving so many channelings specifically for intuitive leaders and empaths about this time and you know I'm feeling so many empaths like embodying this weight and not transmuting it and kind of amplifying the energy of the fear right now unintentionally you know not knowing that they're doing it just you know, functioning as an empath, like pulling this energy in and expanding it as they, as they send it out. And the repeated message that I'm receiving is it's now the time for intuitive leaders and empaths to call back their power and Mm. own their light. It's it's with their light that they can transmute this energy and create the timeline that humanity has been asking for. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Oh, I've got goosebumps as well. (laughs) wow yeah it's so true like this is the time to really dive in and understand who you are and trust in your gifts and release that out to the world because we've been functioning for so long the society just in fear and made to believe as an empath that you need to fear life when no there's so much light and you are the light and you are you have so many gifts and you have so much to give but there's obviously there's a limit as well with boundaries <laughs> because I feel I don't know if you feel right now there's probably a lot of empaths right now who are over giving because there's so many people who are fearful around them but oh yeah you need to yeah, your- even even leaders yeah because what happens is traumatic times trigger old patternings and so mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of I work with um, spiritual empaths and intuitive leaders and I'm work I'm witnessing a lot of them wanting to just like be of service and give and give and give but they're not putting themselves first and their energy first, which, you know, is the basic rule of empaths. But again, it's the conditioning, you know, trigger, the trauma triggers old patternings and then they're finding themselves burnt out. And then they're finding themselves feeling ashamed and blaming themselves for not having the energy to show up and be the light right now. And it's just like this perpetual circle that's like disempowering and like zapping their energy when, you know, I guess this is my like one tip, like right now, if you're feeling like you want to just go watch Netflix and show on the couch, do it. You know, if right now you need to shut off technology and sit on your mat and meditate, do it. This is your time to first take care of yourself first. And then once your cup is filled, once you have the energy, once you receive those downloads, then you can go out there and share your light, but not before that moment. Yeah, <laughs> I need to do everyone a disservice. <laughs> I just want to clap for you, like seriously, because I've been. Oh, thank you, because I've been saying this to some people. Because I don't know if you've seen like on social media right now. There's so many people saying, "Now is your time to serve. You're an empath or you're light worker. Go serve, serve, serve." And I'm like. No, let me just transmute what the hell's been going on when I'm ready, when I when I trust the process, then I will go out there. And so I haven't been doing what everybody else has been doing. And I feel the same with you as well. We've just been doing what feels right for us so that we can serve from that level. And then when we're ready to expand it more, we will. But we're not going to be forced by people who have fear, like living in fear to do what they want. Right. Oh, totally. It, it is an act out of fear of like, oh, we have to do this or your business will fail if you don't do that. You know, it's come from a place of fear still, you know, even yeah. if it looks like giving. It's still from a place of fear. And 
or fear of not enough or fear of not helping people or fear of, of conditional love, right? Or not having that conditional love that we have been conditioned from a young age to need or want even through healing, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I feel the same way, you know, when I, this first all started happening, I, I took a step back. I gave myself the time to process, to experience all of the waves of emotions, you know, like have my exciting mornings and then like break down, <laughs> like pitiful, big crying nights, you know, like just let yeah. myself go through it and just allow myself to be a witness of it. You know, I'm like, oh, I see this isn't mine and it's moving through me. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to experience this and let it move through. And it really allowed a process that maybe could have taken weeks to happen in a day. And I was able to clear that all out my energy receive the channeling and then get out yeah. get out there and, and you know and it's, it really is surrendering it's surrendering that need to control the timeline that actually speeds up the timeline in the first place <laughs> <laughs> when we try to control it it extends it and it takes longer and it's more agonizing but when we just surrender it right up right away allow yourself to experience it give yourself the time and space it actually collapses that and allows you to move through it so much easier with joy with pleasure and allows it to happen in a much quicker pace mm. I, oh, I I yeah <laughs> I'm nodding as you were saying that because if like we can try controlling but no surrender is the key because like for me like um so I so I, I left the journalism world and then it was like um, so I carried on like 2012 trying to figure things out and then it was about I think 2016 I can't even remember now it was a long time ago um, but um, it was like the calling came and during that process I was working like my old patterns again like in the way I worked before like overworking trying to save everybody trying to save the world and fix everybody and then I had a kidney a kidney problem happen and it and I was trying to force it still even with the kidney problem um, it turned out I had a kidney defect that I didn't know I was born with and it, it kind of just raised to the surface in 20 um yeah 2015 it raised to the surface um and my body shut down I was trying to fight my body but my body was like nope time to sleep because I was living off three hours sleep for like years so my body shut down (laughs) yeah I learned I learned to surrender through that (laughs) um and I had to learn to slow down and connect with myself and like heal naturally and then I ended up having an operation but it was to save the kidney and I'm so grateful that I saved it um despite what other health people said um but in that process I learned to really surrender and trust the process and I didn't need to have things figured out so quickly I could just slow down and it's it's so true what you were saying earlier about like the feminine side the energy when I connected with the feminine side because I'd been an alpha female before it really helped me to nourish myself and like now I could just I love having my days off I love like connecting with nature and like when I work I get things done quickly in that time that I have and I don't spend 13 hours like I used to I can spend five hours a day and that's it and it's it's just oh it's so powerful. <laughs> it's the magic of energy, you know, like it really is this like wake up to what time really is. Yeah. And when you honor your energy, it's so true. I, the same story, like I have been somebody that works 16, 16 hours a day, you know, over and over and over and just like, we'll keep going, keep going. I had the same experience, you know, I'm from, um, you know, up Detroit, my, my, you know, father works his own business in Detroit and, you know, it's very much like grind, like, grind, work hard, hustle. And, um, you know, that was kind of the way I was trained to be always. And, 
I, when I started my business, it was no different. And I found myself doing the same thing. And, you know, my coach, Brianna Rose, like we were a shout out here because I remember her telling this and I'm, I'm a pretty good team. I'm a good student. You know, I'm like, okay, I'll listen. Like I listen to everything you say, I'll, I'll try it. And when it came to time, I'm like, no, there's no freaking way that I can do the amount of work that I'm doing right now in five, three to five hours. There's, I just don't believe you. She's like, just try it. <laughs> just try this. And I'm not kidding you. I, I, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it because I, I, you know, I was tapped into the feminine. Everything you just said, I started to kind of like figure out the times of the day that worked best for me. And I was able to take my 16 hour days, hustle self, you know, my go get it yourself, able to take down those hours to like three to five hours. And it was just like, um, it was just mind blowing to like witness like, oh, I've always knew time was an illusion. But now I really see <laughs> it's really just energy, it's energy moving, yeah. and how fast you're moving is how fast time is moving. And when you slow down, it's like time travel. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but like for me before, when I used in the journalism, when I used to write articles, it used to take me forever and it used to stress me out. Whereas now I can create content in like 10 minutes and it's like, how? <laughs> Where? But it just flows and it's so easy. Whereas it, it makes me realize the old life that I had that it was hard because that wasn't what I was here to do when you're mm-hmm. when you're doing what you, you're supposed to do it flows easily it's just natural and it just totally it's magic isn't it yes uh, you know that's the soul's mission and that, that's it, it does it comes easily because your soul's mission uh okay so I'm actually gonna like just break this down here Different. <laughs> uh, people use life's mission and soul's in um, life's mission sorry, soul's mission and life's purpose interchangeably, but they're actually different things. Mm. Let me explain. Mm. So your soul's mission is the mission that is infused in your soul that you came into this lifetime to fulfill. Okay. So it's this natural impact that you're already doing naturally. And it can be done in a really joyful way. Uh, It can be done in a not so joyful way. It can, it just happens. And so it can be you know, without you knowing it, it could be like small impacts. It could be massive impact. Just is happening, okay? And I can go into more of that detail. Where the life's purpose is living the most joyous and fulfilling life imaginable. Mm-hmm. Because humans, law of attraction, we're meant to be experiencing the most joy, the most fulfillment that we can imagine. We're here to be the light because when we are that, we're experiencing that, we're nourishing ourselves in that. We put that out into the world and just by being we raise the frequency of the planet now for your life's purpose to be the most fulfilling of course it has to embody your soul's mission it's embodying your your natural impact but in a way that is the most joyous and the most fulfilling for you so let me give you an example um so some people's soul's mission is to be a catalyst (laughs) so that can look really really bad (laughs) feel really bad you know like in your romantic relationships constantly bringing in people who um you know are on the verge of like some big pivotal moment or if you're a healer you know finding in your romantic relationships you're always drawing in people who like need healing (laughs) and that doesn't really feel good for you <laughs> to be the healer or the therapist in a relationship, but yeah. it keeps playing out over and over and over. You always end up being in people's lives the time that they need a teacher or being in people's lives when they need a, you know, mentor. You know what I mean? So it plays yeah. out whether you're aware of it or not. But when you can hone in and figure out what that soul's mission is, and you can take that and combine it with your true passions, what lights you up, and do it in the way that really brings you a lot of joy, it can bring the most impact 
in that soul's mission and, and bring the most fulfillment in your life. So it only happens in the most joyous way, you know? So I bring up the, the romantic relationships because a lot of people will find that their soul's mission actually plays out in their romantic relationships mm-hmm. first, because it's like where they're the most open and raw and the most themselves. Um, but when you can move that soul's mission out of that relationship and, and put it into your work, you actually make space for a really nurturing romantic relationship where you don't have to be the healer or the therapist or the catalyst. You know, you get to have a partner that compliments mm. you. Yeah. Wow. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. I, I relate with that as well. Like just oh, my old relationships before my inner work <laughs> was all about Gerds oh fixing gosh. them. Gerds was fixing the, the boys who had issues with family or like their own internal mm-hmm. stuff I was the one that was fixing them well we never really fixed anybody but you know it felt like we were fixed I was fixing oh, them totally. <laughs> uh-huh. and um <laughs> like I'd be like dealing with their issues like I'd be this joyful person by the end of it I was depleted and then I was made to feel like there was something wrong with me like I had done mm-hmm. something I was like no <laughs> and then when I started doing the inner work and understanding myself loving myself I was I attracted the most amazing people in my life the ones who respected me and it wasn't like a therapy session or having to uh-huh. sort them out it was they were in their own light and I was reflecting my light as well oh it's so beautiful like that is it you said it you know I I totally relate I um you know, I knew from a really young age, because I've been a channel my whole life, I knew that I was here to help people. And I knew that it was going to be um, in regards to helping them connect with themselves. And, you know, I thought I was going to be more in the mental health field. So, you know, right out of high school, I went to college, and I, I got my degree in psychology, right out of college, I got my, my internship turned into my career of an art therapist, and then, um, you know, did horticultural therapy, I was just, I've always been like in that and I've, and my guys were like, no more alternative. And so I'm like, okay, therapy. So alternative therapy. Okay, well, art. They're like, no, no, more alternative. So they got me to doing energy healing, and so I started doing energy healing with these these kids in the um, uh, substance abuse facility, and it was incredible. It was like I did one healing session. It was more work that in that one hour more would happen than in the three months that I did with them in art therapy. And I'm like, oh wow. my gosh, I get it when they're saying more alternative. It's even more out there, more out there. <laughs> <laughs> so you know and that led me um you know to Hawaii and, and it it really wasn't until I moved out to Hawaii and I did horticultural therapy and rites of passage work uh with young adults that I realized that even though I had been doing my healing work for a decade I wait probably not a decade at that point like five six years um I still found that I my relationships I was still this person that like wasn't enough, you know, like I, I wasn't fully valued and loved. And it wasn't until I left everything and went to an island where I knew no one had nothing <laughs> and had to start over and really get to define myself that I started to attract in. Like you said, like the people that, that they were their own light and they saw me for like my full essence of my spiritual gifts. I didn't have to hide anything and who like admired me and loved me for that. And I was like, Oh, oh my gosh, my whole life. Like I had this whole family that I had created over the last four years. And I didn't realize that I was still like hiding parts of myself or was still disempowered or like, you know, gaslighted for experiences because I just was so used to that, you know, I was so used to like my family being like that for that, like a little bit of that nastiness, you know what I mean? I just thought that was like normal to have Mm -hmm. that, that, I don't know, that kind of relationship. And it was finally when I left and had the space to reconnect myself and identify myself um, that I was able to attract in those people too, 
that like it blew me away I'm like wait a minute you think I'm you think I'm special wait wait what like you want to hear about my channeling like uh, this is great this can't be real are you messing with me <laughs> so yeah. weird right and I, I was about 23 and I, I you know I like I said, I mean, I, I got, I got started really young because my, for my latest, um, suicide attempt was, I, you know, I almost died and that kind of woke me up to my life. I was, um, I was 18. And so that was kind of my moment. My guides were like, all right, we need to intervene here. <laughs> like wow. we're coming in. We, we need to help you out of this. You're clearly not getting these signs. <laughs> wow. Like we, we got to help you. And so, you know, 18 is when it really started for me. Um, although, you know, my spiritual gifts were, you know, really, getting uncomfortable um by like 16 17 like things were it was weird it was like a whole I could go into the story but I think it might freak some people out of like some of the ghost experiences that I had <laughs> but it just got to be too much you know yeah like no one understood it and um I just felt so hopeless but yeah I yeah yeah I get you like some of the things that I experienced oh god like if we told that to anybody else they'd be like time to go to a certain medical medical hospital yeah. like <laughs> Well, totally. I mean, that's why I start. I studied psychology and drove so much into it. Is I, I, I've, I naturally have a really logical and um, you just, just more of a, uh, yeah, more logical mind. Like science and math have always been my thing, and so I had to kind of figure out what these emotions were, these like energetic experiences were through. You know, I, I felt maybe the brain would be the easiest way of understanding that, of understanding my experience. And um, you know, I understood some things. I, I definitely felt that trauma was a big part of my of my the catalyst of my um awakening for sure you know having childhood trauma I think was a, a big part of me really cracking open and having the space and capacity to identify who I am beyond the like the world of like people telling me what I should be yeah you know what I mean I feel like without the awakening you end up just being like a sheep <laughs> doing what you're told like living Ugh. you know fitting all the boxes and doing the whole yeah. like setup you know and I think just having those childhood traumas, I didn't even, that wasn't even like an option for me to live a normal life. I was like, oh, um, <laughs> I think I need help, <laughs> you know, like, cause you don't, you learn to not trust people and you yeah. have like, you know, PTSD and all of this stuff that to, to live a normal life just doesn't even seem like a reality <laughs> that I think of it kind of as a gift because it opens up the container for really expansive and beautiful healing to take place. Yeah. I, I get it like even oh, with myself like growing up oh there was just like I thought that was normal <laughs> and then as you start to like speak to other people about their life stories and you're like oh okay so not everybody goes through this <laughs> you start to realize oh my god I've gone through a lot but we've gone through a lot so it gives us the wisdom now to do what we're here to do and I feel like everything that we went through is just it's helped us to help helped us become the people we are today and like I honestly believe like age is just a number because like I feel like everybody wakes up at a different stage some people start early some start later but there's no wrong or right way about it it's it's when you're supposed to wake up and like both of us were getting right and both of us were getting messages you were getting messages I was getting messages but we both kept ignoring them so then like high power was like okay time to change that and then literally just pushed us out of the way and showed us like yeah it's time to come home because we clearly weren't getting the messages me as well like accidents health problems you name it like jaw going out of alignment all these other things happening to me like 
it, it, it had to take something horrific for me to like realize okay it, it's time to wake up and the same with yourself whereas I, I feel some people kind of get the signs but with us we was like no nope. <laughs> yeah I know right I, I, I talk about this to my clients of like those that go through the biggest things or like or really horrific things it isn't I honestly think it was like intentional like they're so resilient and so like hard-headed that they kind of need like that really big thing because all the small things already happened and they just pushed right through it <laughs> bullheaded their way through and so like okay they're like all right how about this thing you guys are like all right let's throw this in their path oh they moved through that too okay well how about this one's a little bit bigger all right let's just break everything down <laughs> they aren't getting this <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> It's just like so dramatic the way it happens as well, right? It's like, yeah. is it me? What's going on? Am I here? Yeah. Like, am I having a breakdown? <laughs> oh, totally. You know, I I heard the messages from a kid as a kid, you know, and I and I talked to Angel's child and I told my parents and they're like, oh, you're so creative. And, you know, I was told at a young age to not believe what I'm experiencing and what I'm hearing. And from a young age, I was told you are going to lead something big. You are here to help people uh, come back to their soul, to to live their best life. You are here to do these big things. And I just couldn't believe that that was me. I didn't believe in myself at all. Like, because of, I mean, as we're speaking about empaths, we're trained as empaths to not believe in our experience and to be disempowered. It's like, who am I to do that? Yeah. Me? No. I can hardly handle my own life. How can I help someone else? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I still remember at the age of six, I was sat, I just remember this, like, sat in the living room with my parents and my brother and suddenly hearing this voice saying, you're here to do more in this world. And I was like, huh? what where's that coming from like no 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 and then like over the years I kept hearing these voices and like now obviously I hear it just as natural and it's normal to me now and like I can hear like my ancestors and like my grandma who passed away and like other family members and I take it as a gift and I think the first time I freaked out was when it was one of my friend's granddads who I heard his voice and I'd never met this guy um and he said to her, I just want you to, said to me to tell her that I need that, to tell her something. And then I called her up and told her and she goes, that's really weird. It's his birthday today. And I was like, oh, and it freaked me out because obviously I, I didn't, I didn't know what this was. Like I never really understood it. And then as I started to understand it, I was like, wow, this is a gift. Like all of us can do this. It's just, we haven't tapped in. And when we do tap in, it's, it's listening to it even more and just allowing it to flow and let it just, Trust like, it. I, yeah, and I feel I don't know if you're the same, but like when I'd go to events, like if I and when I used to speak before, I'd go on stage like I'm gonna say this, and then literally something just takes over, and I don't even know what I've said. I come off, and I'm like, oh, and people be saying that was amazing. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. I don't know what I've said. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. <laughs> I love that. that. <laughs> it's like the story of my childhood. I'm like, I don't know what I said to you, but I got it worked. <laughs> <laughs> The channeling, you know, it's it's the channeling. Yeah, I I so I so you know, hearing you say that, I'm like, it reminds me of all of my experience in that too. And it's, you know, it's really scary in the moment when you're not taught about it. You know, it can feel like I don't know. For me, my only correlation or like relation to, you know, spirits talking to you were like horror movies, like yeah. ghost hauntings. And so it was horrifying to have that happen. I, I really felt like I was like, I don't know, haunted. <laughs> And um, it's so great that you were able to to stay in that and, and like share that message and um, 
you know, be that beacon of light without even like knowing it was happening. (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you. And it's just, it just shows like as empaths, like how amazing we've got so many gifts and we can, with so many things that we can do that if we just listen to them, that could guide us. And it's, I just want more people to know that, that, you know, you matter and what, what you believe and what you're hearing is, is not that you're, you're crazy. It's that, Uh, your channels your guides your angels like god or like whatever you want to call it is guiding you and that's the wisdom yeah yes it's it's just you know empaths are so much more powerful and so much greater than they ever could imagine and it's so true is it's working through that disempowerment and reconnecting with themselves that when they do that it makes it easier to trust what they're experiencing. It makes it easier to trust their guides, trust their intuition, because they're finally trusting themselves. Mm. And it's really a projection when we're not able to trust the universe, trust the process, trust our guides. It's a reflection of our inner work of not really being able to trust ourselves. Mm. And um, that's that old conditioning that we've been talking about repeatedly through this of like what other people have told you to believe and, um, and rewriting that story you know, recreating that truth to, to be more truthful, more aligned, that, that's going to support you in your empowerment on your journey of living out your purpose. Yeah. Wow. So true. Oh, before I forget, <laughs> um, when did you realize that you were an empath? What was like the turning so point? I, I didn't even know empath was a term. I, I had, like, I realized my sensitivities. Um, I basically realized I was an empath without the term um, when I was probably 18 or 19 and then didn't know the term until maybe like two years ago but like I had already like done my work you know set my boundaries knew the sensitive energy realized I was taking on people stuff like basically like the definition of an empath I had kind of uncovered and figured out myself and then when I finally heard the definition I was like oh yeah that that's So yeah, it's about a decade now. I've known for about a decade now without a definition. Um, and it completely, I mean, it was so validating. It was so validating to to realize. And I think honestly, I think it, I know my situation is a little bit different, but I, I know that that feeling of the validation of when I did hear that term of like, oh yeah, like that, that's my experience. Oh my God, that's me. Oh, oh that's why that was happening. Oh, so I'm not crazy. That's <laughs> real. You know, like it just, yeah. it opens up this darkness that we close off within us. It's like this little, like, I don't know. I, I see it as this like little cage or this like, I don't know, treasure box that we like keep locked up and hidden inside of our solar plexus. And when we hear those validations of that experience being real and other people are experiencing it too, it undoes those chains and it opens up that box and it, and it, it just, this bright light is able to finally shine through and that, that fire within us, that solar plexus finally gets to ignite mm-hmm. and it brings back our power. Like, oh, wait a minute, this is real. I do have this power. This is a gift. I'm validated in that and so much more. I'm so much more powerful than I thought. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you just reminded me, oh. Yeah, I remember when I first heard the word, it's about three years ago, but like like yourself, I'd already started doing the boundaries yeah. and everything and like protection uh-huh. and trying to understand how to protect my energy and stuff like that. And um, I heard the word empath and I just remember like a sound of a gong, like, dung, like almost like saying you're here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like hearing people clap like, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, like, she got it yeah maybe it was like our angels and guides I guess but like yeah yeah, like 
he just was just like thank you I finally get it I finally understand I'm like you said like I'm not alone and oh it I'm just grateful for just figuring it out because it, it is hard isn't it when you don't realize what it is or like not that we need to fit into something but it's just knowing that somebody gets it yeah it feels like coming home finally being in a place where you're understood and accepted and Mm -hmm. people aren't gonna you know you're not questioned for your experience anymore you're listened you know you're met with curiosity instead of judgment Mm -hmm. yeah that's the way it kind of feels to me is like finally identifying seeing that you are an empath just like relieves all of those inner judgments and and opens up the space for curiosity and play and and further development and like gosh what's better than that (laughs) (laughs) wow and can you tell us about um your new program oh yeah so um you talked a bit about soul's mission and life's purpose so this is this is my purpose. I'm here to help people align with theirs. And so I have this transformational uh, rites of passage um, mentorship program called Activate Your Life's Purpose, where we essentially guide empaths and intuitive leaders to realign with their soul's vibration. Um, we blend psychology, neuroscience, uh, spirituality, energy healing to help people work on each level and layer of themselves, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, recondition themselves to their soul's vibration, you know, like reconditioning old patternings, rewriting stories, um, creating new sustainable habits, doing, doing their healing work in their, you know, chakra centers and energy and aligning with their soul's vibrations so that they may be that clear channel of their soul's mission, of their sacred gifts, of their purpose, and support them in, in really stepping into their power and their confidence in these things, identifying them in the program so that when they leave and they move through the threshold into the incorporation, they have the confidence and the strength and the personal power to embody them so that they may lead them out to be the light with the world, to fully lead the mission that they came to this life to lead in the most joyous and fulfilling life imaginable. Ah. <sighs> That is beautiful. Oh. I love it. It's 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 my favorite. <laughs> I have several programs, but this, I'm biased. Though, so no, it's my favorite. <laughs> wow, that is powerful because yeah, it's just knowing yourself, isn't it? And you have to peel off the layers in order to figure yourself out and to know who you really are, and what you're here to do. Truly, mm-hmm. yeah. I you know I, I I'm a life's purpose channel, and so before I started this program, I actually started this program based off my experience with one-on-one clients. But what I'd find was, I'd have a session with somebody, I'd channel for them their life's purpose, and they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, yes, that's it. Oh my god, I got it." And then the next day, they'd be like, "Wait a minute, what was it again?" And they'd go right back into life's purpose amnesia. And what I started realizing was, it's an energy. They're not embodying their frequency, so. Living out your purpose isn't just having more knowledge of what your purpose is. It's the embodiment of the vibration of your soul, of your purpose, so that you can actively live it out. So that's why the program, we don't actually don't even talk about purpose until halfway through the program, because it's all of the fundamental energetic neurological realignment to support you in not just channeling in this information, uncovering this information, but seeing it and holding it and being able to embody it. Because that's how you're able to actually live it out. (laughs) I know it's so frustrating constantly channeling these. And I'm like, wait a minute, we just talked about this. What is going on? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, it's energy. Oh, I get it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We are. Wow. I've just looked at the time. (laughs) We are coming towards the end of the show. Wow. That's gone fast. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my gosh. 
we wow. can talk for hours clearly yeah. <laughs> there is so much we can talk about in that <laughs> um yeah so I've got a few last questions for you um first one is what are your five top tips for somebody who's an empath and is struggling to kind of find their soul's mission mm-hmm. um so one of the first parts of the program that we do is um we do some story work. So I would suggest, I kind of mentioned this in this, in this podcast episode of, of going back into your story and reflecting on any repeated patterns of your life, whether it be in romantic relationships or with close friendships or with interactions with strangers, noticing a pattern of who you show up as in this interaction. What's that archetype that you show up as? And, um, when you do that, you can start kind of seeing what your natural impact is and start identifying what exactly that soul's mission is. Mm, nice. Nice. What are you most grateful for? Oh, oh my gosh. Every time I do my gratitude practice, I cry. So I start crying. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll be with you, with you right? Empath, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes, I feel it so intensely. <laughs> What am I most grateful for? Oh my gosh. I, I really am most grateful for my guides just not giving up on me, I guess, you know, just, just continuously putting things in my path and communicating with me and believing in me even when I didn't so that I could end up where I am today, helping so many empaths the way that I have. It's just, I'm so grateful. <laughs> I could go all day. I'm just, I am so grateful for so much. And what shines your inner lights? Oh, oh my gosh. You know, what really lights me up seeing empaths step into their power, speak their truth, like show up speaking their truth and like just being this, I can like see it in their energy of like, they're standing with power. They're speaking with confidence. They're totally embodying who they are and they're openly just like owning it. Like that lights me up more than anything. Yeah. It's that, it's like almost like that badass energy. Yes, yes. It's just the total empowered empath. Like I'm sensitive. I'm I'm able to be vulnerable. I honor every aspect of myself and I am a spiritual badass here to just like own it, you know? I just that lights me up. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being on the show. And just thank you for being another bright light in this world and helping so many empaths to come back home to themselves and really trusting the wisdom that they have a gift in this world to share and that they have Oh, they have so much to, 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 to be like, there's so much so right about them and you're just guiding them back to what they're really here to do. Thank you so much. I, it's truly such a pleasure talking with you and, and going on this ride with you and um, being on this podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, that was just amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley, for everything that you do. Oh, this was just such a beautiful gift. And I just hope you guys, I just hope everyone out there, you you really were able to learn some stuff from Ashley today because as empaths, we oh, there is so much that we can do in this world. It's just knowing that there's nothing wrong with us. And once we know that, that is when we can start to begin our healing journey. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. That's a quote by Pablo Picasso. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at girdshandle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit. lit.